Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment. I'm feeling pretty good coming off of our picks for Thursday's Indian Wells matches. We go 4-3-2 and two overall on the day we earn victories on the Anaconia and Alia Tamjanovic game spreads. We get a win from Moneyline underdog Marcos Giron. He come, earns a three-set come-from-behind victory over Botic Vandesen Sculpt. We also hit on our All-American Moneyline parlay. Now, both Tommy Paul and Francis Tiafa were favorites yesterday. They should have won their matches, and in fact, they do, getting the job done in straight sets. I won't lie. I'm not even feeling bad about the three losses we suffered either. Yes, neither American underdog Steve Johnson nor J.J. Wolf got over the finish line, but both of them came damn close in their three-set losses to Davidovich Fokina and Vashik Pospisil. Respectfully for Wolf, it was a 6-4 loss in the third for Stevie J. After trailing by a break for the majority of both the first and third sets, he wins the first, was up 5-4 in the third, felt like he had an opportunity to break Davidovich Fokina in that game just again wasn't quite able to get over the finish line and then even Sun Wukwan in a three-set loss came close to covering his game spread that lopsided 6-1 first set built us some big margin and if you're smart about live betting you're tracking the matches closely you certainly could have earned most of your money back on that as well but again 4-3-2 overall through Thursday's matches, up 1.04 units for the event. We're building some momentum as we head into a Friday schedule that I won't lie, not bad for a first Friday at Indian Wells. Round of 64 matches on the women's side. We've got uh, the second half of the round of 128 for the men on Friday as well. Countless doubles matches matches littered throughout the day. Plenty of action for us tennis fans, not only to enjoy, but to get in on as well. What I'm going to do on today's segment, as I will each and every day throughout the 2021 Indian Wells, offer you all my picks for Friday's matches. I want to break down the money lines, the underdogs I like best, talk about the over-unders, the spreads I have my eyes on, offer you all a parlay or two at the end because what would a GSP Ace of the Day segment be without those parlays to finish? Run you through the day's field. Of course, if you miss out on any of the action, you can hear recaps day in, day out on our mini break podcast feed, match of the day segments for our Patreon family each and every day as well. And if for some reason you miss one of the picks I offer. I know I can often read them pretty fast, run through the money line, run through the actual value we are putting on them. You can read all of this on our website, crackrackets.com. That GSP Ace of the Day post posted there each and every day. But with that in mind, let's get into it. Here are my GSP Ace of the Day selections for Friday's Indian Wells matches. We'll start with the money lines, the underdogs I'm watching most closely. And of course, one of the big developments for us here at the GSP Ace of the Day is finding values in money lines versus spreads. There are a couple of players I'm interested in today. I think we'll get over the finish line comfortably, but you're just not going to find that great of value in their money lines. You look at someone like Elena Rabakina, who's, I believe, you look at her run since uh, the French Open, where, of course, she goes on to make the quarterfinals there uh, here this season. She's been damn near exceptional 
since that run of time. You look for Elena Rabakina over the course of the past two, three months. Obviously, she goes from uh, Roland Garros quarterfinals to make it the round of 16 at Wimbledon. She makes semifinals in Eastbourne before losing to the eventual champion, Ostapenko. Comes in fourth in the Olympics, a win over Muguruza in the quarterfinals before getting knocked out by Bencic in three sets, knocked out by Svitolina in three in that bronze medal match. Round of 32 at the U.S. Open before she's knocked out by Simona Halep. And you just look at the names she's lost to. Here are her last eight losses on tour. Honestly, I'll go last ten. Jabour, Shriantek, Halep, Bedosa, Samsonova in three sets, Collins, Svitolina, Bencic, Sabalenka, Ostapenko in a tournament she won. If you want to go back before that, Muguruza in Berlin, Pavlachenkova 9-7 in the third in Roland Garros. Name the bad loss amongst that group. Since Roland Garros, the 12 losses Elena Rabakina has suffered, they've all been to top 20 opponents, and you look for her during that stretch of time, 25 and 12 since the start of Roland Garros. She's winning over two-thirds of her matches. She's moving up the rankings to a new career high, currently number 16 in them. She's playing exceptional tennis, and yet you look at her matchup to, uh, today against Yulia Putinseva, who's coming off of a final last week in Nur Sultan, solidly inside the top 50, of course, rock-solid player, makes that extra ball, makes matches physical, but just with the weapons Rabakina has played with, she should be favored in the match, and of course she is at minus 190, but minus 190 is just kind of poo-poo. In terms of the value, you got to bet two to win one. That doesn't feel great. But, of course, we know if we think Rabakina is going to win, we think Rabakina is going to win comfortably. And you look at the Tennis Abstracts projection uh, for the match. Not only is she minus 190, according to the bookmakers, she has a 66.4% chance of winning, according to Tennis Abstracts singles forecast. Feels like we can do better than minus 190. And of course, that is where the game spreads will come into play. You can throw minus three and a half games, which is just her getting a break in both sets or one lopsided set plus a tiebreaker set. That's minus 120. That's better value than we're going to find in just taking her money line straight up. Now, of course, you could throw her into a parlay. Minus 190 is straight up in the parlay zone, but. I like her better on the game spread, so we'll get back to that when we get into those. You could say, you know, similar things about someone like Yelena Ostapenko, who should beat Suwesi tomorrow, minus 290. She is a 60.8% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract Singles Forecast. You get better value in the game spread than you do in the money line. So, of course, we'll keep that one to the side. You look at some of the other ones. Kudla, minus 165 over Tabilo is interesting, but on a slow, hardcore Alejandro Tabilo is to be damn good. You know, Jack Sock, minus 115 over John Millman. Again, Millman hasn't played great of late. Minus 115 is not actually bad value at all, but I think we can actually grab a couple extra cents if we make that a game spread. So keep that match in line. Of course, some of the other lopsided favorites, Radakanu minus 425, Svitolina, minus 330, Mertens, minus 330. Uh, those are over Sasnovich, Martinsova, and Paulini, respectfully. Kvitova, minus 320 over Roos. Azarenka, minus 260 over Lynette. Teichman, minus 245 over Bagu. You know, they're all in the parlay zone for the men. Nakashima, a little high, minus 550 over Korea. Martinez, minus 425 over Markora. Do keep your mind on that one. Murray, minus 330 over Manorino. Fucevic, minus 300 over Gianluca Modger. 
Yeah, nothing too crazy in terms of the money lines. A lot of lopsided ones, and of course, early in a tournament, that will happen, particularly as you go from round of 28, 128 to round of 64. But the money line, I just can't take my eyes off of. Ludmilla Samsonova, the champion in Berlin, what was it, round of 16 for her in Wimbledon, she finds herself a slight underdog tomorrow. Against Veronica Kudermatova, Samsonova minus 105 to Kudermatova's minus 120. Of course, Kudermatova, the 25 seed at this event. But you look at the tennis abstract singles forecast, you look at the recent form, both of them would suggest that it's actually Samsonova who should be entering this match as the favorite. Samsonova, 51.2% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract Singles Forecast. You look at what Samsonova's been able to accomplish over the past 52 weeks, really here in 2021. I mean, she's been exceptional across the board. 34-19 and 19 overall on the season. You look at the big results, obviously, for her winning Berlin, making the round of 16 at Wimbledon, but you look for her a couple of weeks ago. She makes the semifinals over over in Luxembourg, gets a win over Ocean Doden, gets a win over Belinda Bencic in straight sets before getting knocked out one in six by Yelena Ostapenko, of course. Look, the conditions in Indian Wells drastically different to an indoor hard court in Luxembourg. But for Samsonova, was a 4-6 and six victory for her over qualifier Katarina Kozlova in the round of 128. And again, you just look at her form of late. She's played excellent tennis. Has uh, Ludmilla Samsonova here down the home stretch of the 2021 season up to number 42 in the rankings is the soon-to-be 23-year-old. That's a career high for her. She's going to get to set her path in 2022. She's playing the best tennis of her career. No doubt about that. On the flip side, you look for Veronica Kudermatova. 36 and 23 in her last 52 weeks, 30 and 21 here in 2021. But you really look since she won the title at, in Charleston at the start of April. To say it's been a struggle for her might be a bit hyperbolic, but there's no doubt she's struggled to regain her exceptional form from the start of the season since that title run in Charleston. Kurvatova's 13 and 13. And you look for her during that stretch of time. Yes, there have been a ton of close matches. Three set losses to Kirstea, to Sakari, 11-9 in the third. She lost to eventual quarterfinalist Victoria Golubic. And, you know, 7-5 in the third to Sinyakova, 6-4 in the third to Petra Kvitova. None of those exactly are bad losses, but there's no doubt. She struggled with her confidence of late. Now, it was a good run for her in Chicago, making the round of 16 there, getting two wins under her belt, three sets over Kalinskaya, straight sets over Dart before a 6-5 loss to Rabakina. But I just think on these slow hard courts, they actually present an excellent opportunity for Ludmilla Samsonova, who isn't the best mover, isn't you know the most fleet of foot, but she's going to have extra time to track down that ball. And again, from a power perspective, Ludmilla Samsonova can hit through every court, and I just think her power is going to give Kudermatova troubles. And Kudermatova is a really good athlete, really good mover, you know, can create some magic in the outer thirds of the court, but she plays thin margin tennis, hits the ball very flat, very low over the net. You know, again, with the pace Samsonova is going to be throwing at her, it's just going to be hard to execute that game style. You look for the numbers for these two players, for Ludmilla Samsonova, 
She obviously, uh, I don't know if this is obvious actually, but her hold percentage better than Kudermatova's here uh, it, during this 2021 season. You look for the two of them. Both of them have been pretty successful on serve for Ludmilla Samsonova. She currently ranks 17th. In terms of uh, hold percentage, Kudermatova ranking 20th. You look for them in terms of break percentage, neither Kudermatova nor Samsonova the highest in terms of that regard. Samsonova ranks 50th in terms of return percentage. Uh, Kudermatova ranking 43rd amongst top 50 players. So again, it's strength versus strength. Who has more success holding serving? Given the grit of these Indian Wells courts, given how difficult it is to hit a winner, I'm going to go with the slightly more powerful and the slightly more uh, confident player in this moment. And right now, that's Ludmilla Samsonova over fellow countrywoman Veronica Kudermatova. Again, I'm sure these two know each other's games well. There are going to be very little secrets between the two of them. That said, I just think Samsonova has played the better tennis of late. Samsonova beat Kudermatova in Berlin 4-3 and three when they played earlier this season. Give me Kudermatova to repeat that performance. Again, minus 105. The slight underdog feels like we're getting value in this pick. I'll take Samsonova, minus 105. Only half a unit on it because, again, Kudermatova plays a lot of three-set matches, and that 13-13 and record is deceiving in that she has played pretty well, just some brutal draws along the way. But I think Samsonova gets the win here. It's her debut in an Indian Wells main draw. I think she makes the most of it. Half a unit on that, minus 105 odds to win 0.47. That is your first ace of the day. With that in mind, let's get into the over-unders, the spreads. And of course, yesterday was a two-in-one day for us in terms of the spreads that we hit. There are some fascinating over-unders, and in particular, you look at some of the women's matches tomorrow. Whoo! Are they going to be exciting? Stevens Pagula plus 150. I just don't see a world where Sloane Stevens loses to a fellow American in straight sets. And as excellent as Jessica Pagula has been, it's worth reminding everyone I think this is her second Indian Wells main draw. Maybe, honest to God, her first. And it'll be interesting to see how her line drive tennis translates to these courts. Meanwhile, of course, this is a surface Sloan Stevens knows well. I just think there's a, a confidence to Stevens that she's played with over the past six months. And just her movement, the physicality is back. And just her confidence in the outer thirds of the court, her confidence in the biggest moments of matches. She's playing much better tennis. And I just think that match, the stage, the battle to be the best American women in uh, tennis right now because with Kennan's injury, with Serena just not playing that frequently, that spot is wide open and both Stevens and Pegula certainly believe themselves to be in the mix. Plus 150 at over two and a half sets is very tempting in that match. But of course, some of the other one, Keys, who lost seven points through her first nine games, taking on Pavlichenkova, plus 140, slow, high-bouncing high court for Pavs. You love that. I don't mind it for Keys either. Kudermatova, Samsonova, obviously that match does feel like it has three sets written all over it. Benchich Rogers, power tennis, early breaks. Who knows what happens? Fernandez Cornet, just first match back for Lila Fernandez. You know, Alize Cornet always is going to scrap. That's plus 150. 
The one I really like, and it's just because I'm a it's a bet on the young player's talent, Kostyuk Halep plus one fifty five at over two and a half sets could see that match absolutely going the distance you know some of the other game spreads and you'll get better value in their spreads uh game spreads instead of their money lines Sviantek, Mertens, Azarenka, Teichman all players to keep in mind of course you flip gears on the men's side I mean it's round of 128 action pick a name out of a hat and they're all between plus 130 and plus 155 but you know cope for Rusevori Dalbonis Nishioka, Struf Galan, Rune Escobedo, Musetti Ramos, Vanoles, Vukic, and the Har, all of them. They could all go the distance. In terms of the game spreads, I find interesting. Brooksby, if you're going to bet him, he's minus 750 money line, minus 4.5, still only minus 140. That's a lot of games and not the greatest spread. Nakashima, minus 4.5 games, is minus 175. Murray, minus 3.5 games over Manorino, minus 145. Those are all interesting. But here are the ones I'm going to go with in the end. Give me, I mentioned her earlier, Elena Rabakina, minus three and a half games over Yulia Putin Seva. Now, I already did the math for all of you that minus three and a half games, it's one break per set or a lopsided set in a straight set victory. You look for Elena Rabakina, as I mentioned, she's 25 and 12 since the start of the French Open. And, you know, multi, I think she's playing top 20 uh, players at a 500 level. And just, you know, again, the level of competition she's done it against, she's beating the best while constantly playing the best. You look for Elena Rabakina. She ranks seventh in hold percentage right now. Seventh overall. You look at her opponent, Yulia Putin-Seva, tomorrow. Putin-Seva ranks 39th amongst top 50 players. So again, advantage Rabakina, particularly on these slow courts. Now, Yulia Putin-Seva does currently rank 13th amongst top 15, uh, 50 players in break percentage. Elena Rabakina currently ranks 44th by that metric. But given the lack of strength of the Yulia Putin-Seva serve, and I know I didn't mention this, but Yulia Putin-Seva in terms of hold percentage, she currently, or I did mention, ranks 39th uh, amongst top 50 players. I think when it's, you know, if it's strength on strength and the sh- one person's strength is the reserve and the other's is the return, you give the advantage to the good server every time because they're the one in control of the point. A good serve beats a good return each and every time, in my opinion, because again, if you place the serve well enough, it can be unreturnable for a returner to have a look at a serve. It can't be an unreturnable serve, and so you know, strength advantage. Rabak and I also just think Yulia Putin-Seva doesn't hit a big enough serve. Yeah, she hits her spots well, but doesn't hit a big enough serve and doesn't hit a big enough plus one ball. You know, doesn't play with that sort of instant aggression. To hurt Latina Rabakina with ease. And I just think on a slow, hard court, Rabakina's going to have time to track down those balls, have time to get full rips uh, from the baseline. And I think her serve's going to give her high bouncing plus one opportunities and the decisiveness she plays with. I don't care what the surface is. She is going to have success. This match is on her racket. Yes, Putin Save has made a couple of finals of late, including last week in Nur Sultana on those slow indoor, indoor hard courts. So she's accustomed to this surface and she comes in fit and playing well. But I just think Rabakina rolls in this. Rabakina might be my sleeper pick to win this freaking tournament. Give me Rabakina minus three and a half games over Putin. Save a minus 120. We're going to throw a full unit on that to win point E3. That's how confident I am in Elena Rabakina. 
I am equally confident, by the way, uh, and you look for the tennis abstract numbers, by the way, for those curious, Elena Rabakina, again, 66.4% favorite. I am equally confident in my main man, Pedro Martinez Portero, and of course, it is the MLB playoffs, Pedro Martinez, Red Sox, in action. You feel like that's a sign from the gods, but you look for Pedro Martinez tomorrow, an 83.8% favorite against Roberto Marcora, also, you know, minus 400, I believe minus 450 uh, favorite according to the money lines. You just look for Pedro Martinez, the success that he's had over the last 52 weeks, you compare it to Marcora for Pedro Martinez. Uh, he is now 37-22 and 22 over his last 52 weeks. And, of course, he won around at the U.S. Open before getting knocked out in four sets by Andre Rublev. He qualifies in Sofia uh, just a week ago, and you look for him. I believe it was third round for him this year at the Australian Open as well. He makes third round at Wimbledon. He you know makes a final in Kitzbühel as well. He's done it across surfaces. You look for the 24-year-old. He's just proven he belongs at the ATP Tour level, up to number 59 in the rankings as a result of his success this season. And just, you know, again, you continue uh, to see growth for Martinez, who overall on the year holding 76.6% of the time. That's not great, but he's also breaking serve 30 percent of the time and that 30 percent number would be good for top five amongst all ATP players of course there is some challenger level success mixed in but you look for him at the ATP level this season uh 13 and 15 over his last 52 weeks now you compare that with his opponent tomorrow 32 year old Roberto Marcora Marcora 19 and 34 overall in his last 52 weeks you look at him in terms of ATP level matches he's one and one he beat Ernest Golbis in Singapore before getting knocked out by Adrian Manorino earlier this season that's it that's the one ATP level tournament he's played I just think, again, slow, hard court, given all of the clay court success Martinez Portero has had, although Marcora's had clay court success as well, but this is just a perfect surface for Pedro to flex his muscles, show his game. I think he cruises in today's match, and to get him at minus four and a half games, minus 115. Now, of course, minus four and a half games, you got to win like four and three, right? Or you got to have a lopsided uh, set in a straight set victory. But I think he works Marcora. I think he takes this match comfortably. Give me PMP, minus 115 over Marcora. One full unit on that to win 0.86. That is your next ace of the day. Of course, I mentioned her earlier, but I think Yelena Ostapenko, just the power tennis she plays with, the confidence she plays with on a slow hard court as well against Suez. How does Suez get a, a ball by Yelena Ostapenko? Now, of course, Ostapenko can always make errors, can always hit herself out of a match, but I just think she's playing too well of late. I think she rolls. Minus three and a half game. Again, it's really just got to be a straight set victory for her, and I think she gets that done. Minus 145, not the best odds, but I do believe in Ostapenko. We're going to throw a full unit on that to win .68. And then, you know, again, a little bit of motion, but I just think Jack Sock wins. And you look for Jack Sock, made the finals of the Indian Wells Challenger right before the pandemic hit in 2020. He's played good tennis 
this season. Uh, you look for Jack Sock, what he's been able to accomplish here over the last 52 weeks. Again, third round for him at the U.S. Open before getting knocked out by Alex Virev. He wins uh, the Little Rock Challenger at the end of May. He you know, uh, makes a run in Washington, beats Nishioka, plays an incredible match, best I've ever seen him play before losing 7-6 in the third to Rafa. I think he's played really well of late. And of course, the concerning thing, two losses against Popperin and Cincy, he has to withdraw against Zverev at the U.S. Open, he has to withdraw, but hasn't played since the U.S. Open, has had a full month off to get fit. I just think, again, Jack is on the rise, back into the top uh, 200, 161 with the success he's had this season, even in not, you know, 33 matches for him. That's a healthy amount given how little we've seen him play of late, but it's not a ton of tennis. On the flip side, you look for John Millman, currently number 90 in the rankings, 25 and 26. Now, of course, he's been able to play a full ATP schedule this season, but you just look for him, even on the hard courts this year 16 and 16 overall at one point he had lost six straight hard court matches and you know you look for him lost to Duckworth and Nur Sultan lost to Marcos Giron in Sofia it's not terrible but I just I what does Millman have to the weapon to hurt Sock with and I think Sock is fit enough right now and the serve and the forehand on any surface get the job done give me Sock minus one and a half games over Millman Minus 105 odds, which is better, as I mentioned, than the minus 115 uh, he has in terms of the money line. So give me Sock, minus 105, half a unit to win 0.47. That is your final, again, over-under spread. And if you missed any of them, you can read them all on the website, crackrackets.com. Of course, too quickly, wrap the show. Have to offer all of you a parlay uh, from the action. Let's go with a veteran's parlay. Svitolina, minus 330 over Martin Sova. Now, Martin Sova's been solid of late, but Svitolina's got semifinal points to defend here. She's got the race to Guadalajara in mind. I just think there's a sense of urgency to her in this match. Give me Svitolina over Martin Sova. Give me Azarenka, minus 260 over Magda Lynette. Vika, one of the few former champions in the field on the women's side. This surface seems to fit her so well. And I just think, you know, she hasn't played that much tennis of late, but I do think she's going to enter this match healthy. I think she withdrew from Chicago to try and ensure that she would be healthy for this Indian Wells event to make a push here, uh, make a nice little run here to end the season. I like Vika over Lynette. And then I like Murray over Manorino. Murray against the lefty, you always like against a guy who doesn't have a particularly big weapon at this stage of his career. I mean, if you don't have the weapon to hurt Andy Murray with, I just he's going to outthink you. The match is going to be on his rack, and I think he's played better tennis of late. So give me a Svitolina Murray Azarenka veteran parlay plus 135 when you throw the three names together. We're only going to throw half a unit on it to win 0.67, but it would feel fun watching those three vets and knowing we've got a little bit of action on them. But that's your parlay, and those are your picks for Friday's GSP Aces of the Day. Again, to recap, Samsonova minus 105 over Kudamertova. Half a unit to win 0.47. Give me Ostapenko minus three and a half games over Suwe C minus 145. One unit to win 0.68. 
Rabakina over Putin Seva, minus three and a half games, minus 120, one unit to win 0.83. Pedro Martinez, minus four and a half games, over Marcora, minus 115, one unit to win 0.86. Sock, minus one and a half games over Millman, minus 105, half a unit to win 0.47. And then a Svitolina, Murray, Azarenka, money line parlay, plus 135, half a unit to win 0.67. Of course, again, you can read all of this on our website, CrackRackets.com. Daily recaps each and every day on the Mini Break podcast feed. A shout out, as always, to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the of editing job they do day in, day out, making all of that content possible. Of course, again, you miss any of it. The website is CrackRackets.com. But with that said, for Super producers Sligner and Westoff, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. <laughs>